You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another pre-rut edition of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, and today I am joined by one of the hosts of the Missouri Woods and Water podcast, my good buddy, Nate Thomas, and uh, me and Nate just have a straight-up conversation about the pre-rut. We talk about the strategy that we both kind of use going into the pre-rut. We talk about the dates. We talk about the, uh, you know, where we hunt, what we look for, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the temperatures, the wind directions, the the staging areas, the bedding areas, the transition areas, the travel corridors, the food sources, all of that stuff. And so it's just a it's just a kind of an, a, a quick in depth conversation about hunting right now in this pre rut time frame. Um, we have a conversation about the dates, and and that's one thing that. I'm a firm believer that the pre-rut rolls into the first three, sometimes four days of November, depending on maybe the deer herd. And a lot of it can be, a lot of it can depend on what the the doe groups are doing on the farms that you have access to hunt or the properties that you have access to hunt. And so there's going to probably be some places in the midwest or the you know wherever there is a traditional november rut where the deer are starting to rut in late october because of the bell curve right if a if a doe comes into heat it stops being the pre-rut and it becomes the rut and so um we talk about the deer behavior we talk about mature buck behavior or just buck behavior in general scrapes rubs all that stuff so it's a really cool episode that i know you guys are going to enjoy and uh, we're not going to get too carried away into uh, an intro i'm just going to run through the the partners that we have here tethered wasp hunt stand and vortex um if you're looking for a saddle 
definitely check out Tethered. Uh, they have saddles, all the saddle hunting accessories that you need, climbing sticks, the platforms, all the harnesses and equipment. Uh, so go check out Tethered. Wasparchery.com. If you're still looking for broadheads, definitely give Wasp a try. They have mechanicals, they have uh, fixed blades, and the best part is a majority, a majority of their heads are still made in America, and uh, they're made from some of the best material and have an awesome design, and uh, I can't wait to put uh, one of my Wasp jackhammers through the vitals of a mature buck in the next couple weeks. Hunt stand, it's that time. You know, I, I started talking about this throughout the whole summer, and it's that documentation process on hunt stand that I love so much. You're, you're marking the rubs, the scrapes, the bedding areas, the the crit crossings, the where your trail cameras are, where you've spotted deer. And then recently they've had their pro whitetail upgrade, which allows you to use some of their maps like uh, the, the rut map, where the rut is hot, uh, some forecasting type uh, information on there as well. Of course, the weather, all that stuff. Uh, go visit huntstand.com. Oh, and by the way, SN20 for the wasp 20% discount code sn20 or no excuse me nfc20 for 20% off nfc20 for 20% off on wasp we did hunt stand and now vortex optics title sponsor um new range finders new tripods um they have a whole bunch of new gear that has come out i have the what is it here the crossfire the crossfire hd 1400 that's uh the new rangefinder that they have this year that thing's badass man it is badass um so if you're looking for a rangefinder or a spotting scope or binoculars or a rifle scope or a red dot uh definitely go check out vortex optics the gear all that stuff is amazing right the awesome optics but it's the people behind optics, just like HuntStand, just like Wasp, just like Tethered, that create these communities, and it makes a guy feel comfortable about his purchasing decisions. So go check out VortexOptics.com. And last but not least, uh, I, I, don't, I forgot, I don't know why I said that. Last but not least, um, huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen. Please do me a favor. When you do get to hunt, go hunt your balls off. Hunt hard, have fun, disconnect, come back to the family, and then go do it again, right? So uh, bust your balls when you have the opportunity, and uh, when you don't have the opportunity, be don't, uh, don't get sidetracked because it's hard to do. Like there's days where I stare out the window and I have one of those, th are the deer thinking of me too type moments. And so, but when you do get the opportunity, hunt hard, wear your safety harness. That's, that's a no brainer. Wear your safety harness. And uh, while you're traveling back and forth, listen to all of the uh, podcasts coming out of the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network, the Nine Finger Chronicles, the Hunting Gear Podcast, the How to Hunt Deer Podcast. Those, those podcasts are on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network, along with all of the other, uh, so much amazing content. Whether you love coon dogs, whether you, you live in the South, whether you live in Missouri or Ohio or, or Michigan or Pennsylvania, like, and I'm, I know I'm missing some, but there is so much good content coming out of the Sportsman's Empire. I, uh, 
I beg you to go give it a, a listen. You'll be surprised on how good it is and then leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. So go do that. Go subscribe. Go follow uh, Nine Finger Chronicles on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, then I think it's just Dan Johnson or it could be Nine Finger Chronicles on Go Wild as well. Go check that out. And um, bop, 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 that's it. Let's get into today's pre-rut conversation episode. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today from the Missouri Woods and Water podcast on the Sportsman's Empire, Mr. Nate Thompson. Nate, how are we doing? Thompson? Yeah, how are you doing, man? Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Th- Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Well, you got, I got to <laughs> say your name right. I got to say your name right. <laughs> Thomas, Nate I'm Thomas. The third, I'm the third most important person on my show, so okay. it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> have you have you guys kind of got past arguing in your intro with each other yet? Or you, do you guys still argue a lot? Well, it's probably worse now because Andy hasn't been around for six weeks. And he's usually the one that uh, keeps Micah and I from arguing too bad. So Now it's just, it now it's just a straight argument the whole show. Or the best part is uh, Micah is ha- taking shots at Andy because he's <laughs> not able to make it. And so every week he keeps talking shit on Andy. And I can't wait till Andy comes back because that's going to be a fun <laughs> intro for me to just sit back and watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, let me ask you. So two things. He is in a coma. Six weeks gone, right? He's either in a coma yeah. or he had a kid. What happened? Well, he did just have a kid right oh, before okay. he went to Colorado. All right, perfect, perfect. He's, Andy's also a farmer, and so uh, uh, they they've just been running their asses off in harvest, and they're they're getting close to done. But um, basically, when harvest starts, he's got a full time job, and he also farms, so he's got two full time jobs basically. Yeah. Uh, whenever harvest hits, yeah. So he's just uh, he's a ghost yeah. during harvest and planting season. Yeah. Um, Burning the burning the candle at both ends right now. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. He's gonna be he's gonna be like that three year old buck who just gets really worn down by the time the rut's even over. Funny, he kind of looks like that <laughs> by, by the time he's done. And uh, so anyway, today is uh, October twenty fifth, and for me, as far as looking at a calendar, I don't like to look at calendars and say, "Hey, this is when the pre rut kicks off," or "This is when the rut kicks off." I just kind of observe my deer herd through trail camera and, you know, past history and things like that. And usually somewhere around the 25th is when I start to see like this pre-rut activity really start to pick up where I'm not seeing a lot of pressure on the does. The doe groups are still together. The, uh, the bucks are still by themselves. Um, I, I don't do a lot of hanging cameras over scrapes, so I, I don't get the, the scrape activity. I, I put most of my trail cameras in like uh, uh, like on tr- heavy trails or pinch points or, you know, like terrain features that like direct yeah. deer movement and things like that. So what that's the long way of me trying to say that this episode is going to be about the pre-rut and leading up into, you know, the first week of November when the technical rut starts to kick off so my my first question that i actually want to ask you is man how many hours south of you are uh of me are you um i think i'm about 
four hours south. Four of hours south. Okay, so I'm in if, eastern. If I remember where you're at. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in eastern Iowa, and you live south of Kansas City. I live east of Kansas City. East of about Kansas, an hour. East of Kansas City. Yeah. About okay. All right. So when, like, as far as the pre-rut is concerned, when do you start to see a little bit more pre-rut activity? Well. <laughs> This year withstanding, because I'll be honest with you, Dan, this year has been one of the weirdest years I've ever experienced. Uh, from Same here. I, I don't know where the deer are. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, but typically uh, around mid-October, so October, like around October 15th, on um, my main property that I hunt, I will typically start seeing, actually both of them, I will typically start seeing bucks start to uh, do things that make you think the rut's about to start. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, you know, I'll start seeing bucks show up a little more in the daylight, uh, especially on one farm where they're a very nocturnal, uh, nocturnally driven because it's it's not there's not very much cover there, right? Right. I'll start seeing daylight. I'll start seeing daylight photos of those bucks. Okay. Here and there, not a lot, but just oh. There he was, you know, at seven in the morning or whatever. Right. And on the other farm, I'll start seeing bucks come back. Uh, that farm, they typically, once they go out of velvet, they'll disappear for six to eight weeks. And then around mid-October, they will, uh, they'll start showing back up. And if you remember correctly, I know you've done a lot of podcasts, but I did a podcast with you back in 2018 Yep. on a buck I killed on October 16th. And that's because he showed back up October fifteenth, and then I killed him the next day. And you so, went in, you you, uh, you went in after him based off trail camera data. I at, well, I went him. I went in uh, back then. I didn't have any cell cams. Yeah. So I, back then I went in because we had a weather event on the fourteenth. Okay. So on the fifteenth, I went and hunted. And I checked the cameras while I was there and noticed all three shooter bucks I was after that year showed up within that three-day span between yeah. the 12th and the 15th, all three of them Okay. Um, on different days. So then the 16th, I went back because the weather conditions were right and they had just all came back and he showed up and got shot. So uh, right around mid-October, I start seeing them do, I wouldn't say rutting activity yet, but I start seeing them do stuff that makes you think it's coming yeah um another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. This and is then a, I start hunting a little harder. Yeah, this is a crazy year for me. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of things have happened, right? Usually by now I would have checked my trail cameras one time in October. Uh, like uh, go in there and hunt. And this year I did not get the opportunity to do that on, on my new farm. Yes. It, but that was the first week of October. Uh, and usually by now I will have hunted 
once or twice on my main farm that I've hunted on for like 14, you know, 14 years. And so with that said, I have a good idea of what the deer are doing, what the bucks are doing and things like that. So with that said, I don't have that trail camera information this year. And, And so like I, I'm missing that part of it. But I do have a couple cell cams that are out right now. And those cell cams are, aren't like the first shooter was daylight today on the, on October 25th. Now, up until today, I've had maybe a couple days ago, middle, like 3 a.m. in the morning, um, the same buck show up in the same pinch point. But other than that, on across all my farms, no, not even nocturnal mature deer movement. And so that tells me that they're just not on, not on the farms because I don't want to say that there's a high probability that they're not on the farms because these trail cameras are in really like they're known travel corridors that at least some point in a three or four day period, they should be coming through. Doe groups are coming through all the time. Small bucks are coming through all the time. And so the big dogs just, if I had to guess, are not on the farm, on the farm right now. And so, but, but that's, it's for like, for me, that's hard to uh, say that they're not there. It's just the, I'm throughout the years, they just haven't showed up until this time of year the, the late october time frame when the pre-rut really starts to uh kick off and these deer are spreading their te- territory they're laying down a lot of sign are you starting to see and i don't know how much you've hunted yet this year have you seen or do you typically see like uh scrape scrape activity or rub activity pick up well yeah typically um and funny we were talking about trail cams just now because this is the first time in my life I actually wish I didn't have any. Yeah. Because we were talking just like we were saying earlier in the show, I don't I don't have anything on camera right now and I don't mean I don't mean shoot I don't mean any deer. Like a a picture of a deer a week, you know, it's just it's so weird. What do you why do and you so, think that is? Man, I really hope it's not EHD because it's it's been really really dry where I'm at this yeah. summer to yeah. the point that we were in a drought at one point and then we got a little rain, but it was so dry. We were having field fires this last weekend during harvest. Um, I'm really hoping it's not EHD, but I haven't heard anything from neighboring farmers that would make me think it is. But I just, I don't know, man, because every summer I have this main farm in particular, every summer I have at least a dozen two year old plus deer. Yeah. Not all, you know, ones I'm after or whatever. I'm not kidding. Not a single one this year, Dan. Yeah. So I'm just like, where'd they all go? Yeah. I hope they're not dead. But uh, yeah. so anyway, my, my my point to say that is me and Parker uh, McDonald were talking about this a couple weeks ago. That's where trail cams can be a, a negative because it, yeah. it puts you in a bad head space. It makes you not want to hunt. Yeah. Almost. And I've kind of felt that this year. Now I haven't went hunting near as much so far this year as I have in years past for that being one of the reasons, because I don't feel like the deer are there right now. So I'm trying to leave it alone. Right. I'm also very busy with kids and sports and stuff, but there's that negative headspace that if you didn't have trail cams, 
you don't know what you don't know and you just go and hunting to go hunting you know and sometimes i'm like hey i can understand that i can understand where trail cams could be a negative to your hunting experience yeah um and i'm kind of i actually i've hunted public more this year than i've hunted my private i decided to go try this piece of public near me that i have never hunted i never even stepped foot on it in my life and i've been hunting it on the ground the last you know week or two um i've seen some cool deer i mean i've seen some does i haven't seen any bucks but i just i mean it's october 25th and i'm gonna go hunting tonight for the fourth time this year man yeah like it's just weird this is the least amount of hunting i've ever done yeah and and so i'll say the same thing for iowa i've been in the tree stand uh an afternoon a morning and an afternoon here in iowa and usually i I have by this time of year is when i'll start to ramp up but like for me i have wrestling tonight i have wrestling Mm -hmm. uh, and dance tomorrow i have and not not me personally but my kids um but it'd be funnier though yeah and then basketball and basketball and dance on thursday and then we're getting into this this period where uh nothing's going on friday night but saturday night is uh trick-or-treating or like a halloween party nothing going on really on sunday or no saturday is soccer in the morning then the halloween yep. party and then monday is the is halloween and that's trick citywide trick-or-treating so this week is really tough and then i kind of put my like i kind of just separate for the you know like november and i just everybody knows you know it's that time of year you know you disappear on top of that right so so let's say all things were good in your world and you're getting it's it's pre-rut and tonight you had let's let's just say you had maybe a, a good deer in the area, maybe not to like up to date, but there was good deer. You were, you were feeling good, and you got the chance to go out and hunt tonight. What are you looking for in a place to hunt as far as the as far as the the pre rut is concerned? So I would still be um, hunting a deer not with the rut in mind, if that makes any sense. So uh, I think last year we talked about this, like during the rut, I'll almost hunt does more than I do the bucks. Yeah. Even though I'm not hunting the doe. (laughs) Yeah. But so like if I were going tonight and there were a shooter buck on my property, which I hope there is by the way, because I am going tonight um, and I'm going in an area that I don't have any cameras. Right. So that's what my hope is. Uh, I, well, I, I would do just what I said I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to go where I think he's bedded and hunt him like he's not running, rutting. Okay. So, um, you know, hope he gets out of his bed and moves the direction that I'm I'm needing him to move. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not worried about mineral anymore, obviously. I'm not – we can't bait in Missouri, so I don't – that's not something I, I could be doing anyways. So I'm going to hunt him, hunt him just like I would September 27th. Okay. I mean, he, he might be doing a little checking and a little, st- but I, they're not doing it yet. In my opinion, although every year people think it starts earlier. Um, people have said they've seen some stuff, but, uh, I'm going to hunt him just like I would, you know, two, two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm just going to use the, the non-information my trail cams have given me. And I'm going to go to an area of the farm that I don't have anything 
I'm going to set up based on the wind and where I think he may be. If, if he's there, if a deer, a shooter is there and that's how I'm going to hunt him tonight. Yeah. Okay. So I, I look at the deer that I've shot in the past and I say to myself, okay, what were, what were these deer doing when I shot them? And so last year, uh, last year was a perfect example. And then what, uh, 2020, well, um, that 2021, what did I shoot? Okay. 21. Yes. Uh, was a good example. 20 was not 2019. What was not 2018 was. And so I look at the, the days that I shot these deer and what they were doing. All right. And so on 2021 and 2018, maybe 19, but I don't think so. Uh, anyway, these deer were by themselves. I didn't see any other deer. I didn't see uh, other than bucks, right? I didn't see any does, but they were in an area that does visited very often, but there wasn't any, there wasn't really any does around. So when I think of the pre-rut, and this, so all the those two deer uh, specifically were shot in November, or November the first week of November. So a lot of people, I think, and I, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. A lot of people think that once November first hits, that's the rut. And I've learned throughout the years to almost stay out of the woods the first three. I won't, I'm not going to say stay out of the woods but not treat it like the rut the first three days of November, maybe even the first four days of November, because on November 4th, when I shot those two deer both years, I ended up shooting those deer and it felt just pre-rut to me, right? There wasn't any chasing. There wasn't any like running around. uh, There wasn't things going crazy like the rut, right? And so Mm -hmm. I, I feel like, the pre-rut for me, it, maybe it can even start as early as the 20th of, uh, depending on what you have on your farms and stuff like that. But, you know, the, like the, the herd is calm. The bucks start to ramp up a little bit and they're, they're getting on their feet. Maybe not necessarily daylight activity per se. Um, a lot of movement on daylight and now is this time where it pre-ruts all the way into, I'm going to say, on the farms that I hunt, it goes all the way to November 3rd or 4th. And then something happens on my farm, and then boom. Like, just the the trail cameras throughout the years. I bet you I have 10 years of trail camera data that if I documented just the volume of Uh, the volume of pictures taken November 5th through the 22nd just spikes as opposed to the rest of to the rest of the year. And so um, there, it just, it's calm, it's calm, it's calm. And all the way up until, until November, when do you like, if you were to throw dates on pre-rut where you hunt, what, what's that look like? I mean, I honestly, I'll, I just throw hard dates on them because yeah. for me, well, first off, what, what, what is the pre-rut to me and what is it to you? Mm-hmm. Right. Like for every person that might be a different answer you give them. Yeah. And then I'll say something's pre-rut and then 
this time last year, and I don't know if it was exactly October 25th, but I know it was before Halloween. Last year, I watched two two and a half year olds getting a knockdown drag out fight right in front of my tree stand. Yeah. Um, so like, it makes me think, I wonder if a doe is already in heat right now and that could be pre-rutting activity. Sure. It also could be full rut activity. Yeah. I mean, it was a crazy day and it was October 25th or yeah. whatever date it was somewhere before the 30th. Yeah. Um, cause I saw them, I saw another one coming through, um, you know, with snot coming out and just like nose to the ground. Well, that that's rutting activity in my opinion. Yeah. So all it takes is a doe to go into heat a little early. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and so like for me, I just say, <laughs> this is just me because I am very black and white with my life. Pre-rut October 20th to Halloween rut November 1st on. Like I just like I, to me, those, those terms don't necessarily carry a lot of weight because I just like, what do I see? That's, I guess, how I'll go after them. If, right. if I see stuff now, if I'm not seeing stuff. You're right. I typically like Missouri's gun season is the second weekend in November every year. Yeah. I know the week before that season hits is full on rut. It's happening. And yeah. so gun season, I think is November 13th this year. So you're talking seven days before it. What is that? November 6th. I, I promise you, I will be taking a good portion of that week off work. Right. And I'll be in a tree stand somewhere or on the ground somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of do hard and fast. Anything before Halloween, pre-rut, afterwards, game on. Yeah. But, and, I, and I know that a rifle season can have a big impact on, on the rut and things like that. But I just feel like this is me. If I, if I was working the cubicle life and towards the end of the, my, my time spent in a cubicle, you know, the, the 40 hour work weeks, punch in, punch out, use PTO to, t you know, go hunting mm -hmm. this week, November 1st lands on a Tuesday. Right. And if I had to plan, like right now I'm pretty fluid, right? I can see a weather event coming. I can say, ah, well, I'm not going to go out and start hunting hard until, um, or, you know, if something's coming on the second, well, I'm going to go on the second, but I have meetings planned on this week or the next week on, let me look at that, uh, on M Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. And so I'm not actually going to start hunting until Thursday, uh, Thursday. And so if I was, if I was living that cubicle life, I would look at that and I would say, Man, and, and this is again, I'm not telling people that they should do this. I'm not telling because I don't hunt the farms that you hunt. I don't hunt the same deer herd that you hunt. But from right. my from my experience, and again, this fluctuates north south, right? Because my uncle lives in Kansas and he swears to God that uh, he when he was living in Iowa, then he moved to Kansas, he swears that where he is at in Kansas, it is one week behind everything that's ever happened in Iowa. So if I get excited about the seventh, he's getting excited about the fourteenth. You know what I mean? Is he is he in western Kansas? He's in e uh, southeastern Kansas. See, so southeastern Kansas, Kansas to me is much more like Oklahoma okay. than it. I mean, it's it, obviously it's not all like that, but like it's um, obviously it's near Oklahoma. Yeah, it's in near Southwest Missouri. Like Southwest Missouri, sometimes I feel like it's even different than where I'm at. Yeah. Um, cause you're talking about the Ozark mountains, depending on where you are in that part of the state. And yeah, 
Um, yeah. yeah. So I could see what he means there. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is for me, I look at that and I go, I'm probably going to take the Friday. I'm going to take those, those days off or I'm going to, I'm going to work November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, depending on the temperature, probably the fourth, but then I'm going to put stack all, excuse me. I'm going to stack all of that into how at the end, cause I, let's just say I have two weeks to work with and it's the Halloween through the 11th, right? I can use 10 days of PTO and I'd and most people will probably take off November 1st through the 11th on veterans day. But for me and where I hunt again, this is just what I see. I see, I would rather take those first four days in November and stack them at the end and hunt the 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th of November. And uh, again, Iowa doesn't have a gun season there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I can't, you know, some states do, some states don't. But, you know, once that rifle season hits, then it's just, I have no experience. All bets are off. Yeah, I have no experience uh, in something so like I'll that. So I'll tell you, as a Missouri brethren, yeah. or the Missouri folks that are listening to me, here's what I usually do, and this is what I'm going to do coming up so mm-hmm. i don't have and probably a lot of people listening don't have enough pto built up to take november 1st through the 11th off right right so what i'm doing and i haven't sent this into work or anything yet but i'm probably going to take the second and the third off which basically gives me the fourth off because i'm in the office that friday okay. so i work from home so it makes it a little easier for me yep. so then i can either get out in the morning or in the afternoon on the Friday if I needed to. Okay. Then obviously the weekend's the weekend. Then I'm probably also taking the 8th, 9th, and 10th off, which also give me the 11th pretty much. So that's five days of PTO I'm taking, those two weeks. And the reason I'm doing that is I want to get any buck that I'm after killed, if I can, before the 13th. Right. Because on the 13th, God love us all. The orange army will show up and all bets are off at that point. So, yeah. you know, all hell breaks loose and it, it can be a beautiful thing too. I mean, I've had it work in my favor, so right. I'm not complaining about it, but right. on the 13th, it's go time for all those, those rifle hunters for 10 days. So you're just basically holding on for 10 days and seeing what happens. Right. Right. So I take that time before because of rifle. Um, I want, if I'm going to try to get something killed with that bow, I'm going to take some time off before rifle season. Um, and I don't remember how much PTO I got, but I usually take a day or two that, that first week of rifle also. Um, but I got to go get uh, a medical procedure done in December where I'm going to have to use some PTO. So yeah, I got to save it. She, she doesn't want any more kids. So I got to get taken care of <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad, dude. I'll tell you what. I know. I'll tell you. You've heard. You've heard me talk about it. It 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 sucks for a little bit, but then you're just like, ah. Uh, you just put the ice on it. You go watch some TV, and uh, you're good to go. I mean, you could probably. I'm just more upset that I have to burn a day or two of PTO more than anything. <laughs> you, you, well, if you work from home, you may not need to. That might be good. I yeah. might try that. So. Um, yeah, and I'll say this: if you throw a, a rifle season into the first week of uh, November or into November at some point, I would be stacking everything. You know, I would I would be doing everything possible to get on a deer. And this is strictly from a bow hunting perspective. Everything 
on that, you know, stacked in at, uh, in the first, before the uh, before the rifle season starts. So there's that. Now, from a from a strategy standpoint, pre rut strategy standpoint, what like what do you think? From a pre rut strategy, yeah, standpoint. like so. You, let's just say you can't hunt November or. You know, you, you said that the, the 20th through the 31st, you consider that the pre-rut. Let's just say, I'm, I'm just throwing this out as a hypothetical. The last night that you can hunt this year is November, Halloween night. What are you doing right now, pre-rut? I'm trick-or-treating, so I'm screwed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, what so okay yeah kind of like I said a little bit before well so tonight you actually said this earlier uh, you and I text about this when I was on public ground tonight when I go out I don't have any cameras out there so my hope is that I get out there and I'm going to look for sign yeah I'm gonna look for rubs scrapes hopefully scrapes more than rubs but and if I I hope to God I see some and. If I see, let's let's just say, I for instance, I say I see three scrapes in a eighty yard span. Yeah, I'm going to use that sign that I saw, parlay it with where do I think he's bedded at or coming from, and I'm going to set up based on the wind, based on his travel. If he's not rutting yet, if he's pre-rutting, he's going to be checking those scrapes potentially tonight when he gets up out of bed. Now, if I don't have that sign tonight. I hate to be like Debbie Downer, but if I get out there and I don't have that sign tonight, I, I bet you I don't see him or a or a shooter. But um, so I'll probably be a little more still hunting tonight in that area until I can find sign, and then I'll set up on it. Yeah, because in my opinion, this time of the month, they're more likely to hit a scrape than they are a rub. Um, not saying they don't rub trees, but. You know, I feel like rubs happen a little earlier than scrapes do, and then scrapes kind of take over their, um, their, I don't know, their drive. Yeah. Uh, as it gets closer to the rut, um, but you know, if I hit an area where I see four hundred rubs in a small little area, yeah, I'll probably set on set up on up on it too. Plus, yeah. you can look at those and see are they fresh, are they not fresh, um, based on what the rub looks like. And I'm just going to try to find sign and then set up where I think he's going to be coming from for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the, the pre-rut's harder to hunt, in my opinion, than the rut. Really? Well, the rut, I mean, dude, you could literally sit anywhere in the woods and probably find a deer at some point yeah. during the rut. Yeah. Or like I said, during the rut, just find where the freaking does are. They're going to be there. Yeah. Um, and you can set up, you know, off of bedding areas where does might be bedded. You can set up off of them because, you know, bucks that are com- they're, they're going to come in and wind check it. Um, you know, like to me, during the rut, a lot of bucks throw caution to the wind and all they're trying to do is get some. Mm-hmm. During the pre-rut, they're still not totally stupid yet. So for me, it's it's harder to kill a deer when he's, he's just kind of getting going before he's just dumb as... I mean, you've seen it during the rut. There's some bucks that would walk right through you. Yeah. Like the zombies, man. So, I mean, I don't mind the rut just because it, you know, and then also you add rifle season into it. Rifle hunters, um, they'll get deer moving. 
So if deer are having problems with getting up and getting out of an area, you got a guy that hunts a farm only rifle and he comes in there and bumps them. Guess what he just did for you? He might've gave you a little you know, tip of the cap and gave you some help by getting those deer moving. So yeah, um, it's not the worst thing to have rifle season right in the middle of the rut. Um, but it makes it, uh, it definitely makes it interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as my pre-rut strategy, like when I, I'm going to get out at some point this week, I don't know when yet, but I will. I, and I'm going to hunt staging areas. Like I just, I, I am a staging area fan and I even like terrain features and staging areas over a ton of sign. But usually if I have ease, like whether it's e-scouting or actually, you know, I've done boots on the ground scouting or I've done, um, you know, I just have tons of years of experience on and, and I've already identified these staging areas. If I had to pick this next, this up this week right here, I'm going to be focused on staging areas right before big ag, right before open timber, right before, uh, or like, or just on the back end where a, a train feature or a travel corridor comes from a bedding area and they, you know, they stage. And usually what happens in this area is, is there's going to be sign there. And so I, exactly. I know it's just, I I'm hunting staging areas because that's where the sign is. And usually those two things are connected, right? So, um, I've, I've never been a, the guy who's like, Hey, I am going to hunt this big scrape. And I've never, like, I've never, I'm not going to say I've never, I've, well, I can tell you this. I've never shot a deer over top of a scrape and I, maybe no, it's, I don't think I have either. And it's maybe it's not because I've set up i haven't necessarily set up over top of them because i have in the past but i just i put myself in these in in terrain features more than i do like focused on sign and well usually those two things coincide with each other but sometimes they don't yeah and you and i basically just said the same thing because when i said i'll go look for sign tonight you won't catch me on a field edge this time of year no so if I find a scrape, let's say, uh, which I won't because I'm basically going to be in what you were talking about, a staging area. I'm going to be in the timber working my way back to where I'm hoping I see sign Yeah. Uh, because it's in a staging area. So if they're staging, they're going to do stuff, right? Right. But if I'm walking in and I see a scrape on the, the field edge and then another scrape 100 yards later on that field edge, I'm still not going to set up on it. Yeah, because I feel like this time of year, at least those scrapes are getting hit after dark. Absolutely. So why am I there? Yeah. So I need to get a little further where he's staged up, just like you said, um, in between that bedding and where he's coming to, where he's also probably going to make sign. That's my hope is I find that sign in the quote unquote staging area like you were talking about in the timber. You won't catch me on a field edge this time of year almost ever unless I just can't, can't help it. But, um, yeah, so we're kind of saying the same thing basically. Yeah, absolutely. Any, anything else from a, like from a pre-rut strategy, I I really do feel like, uh, if I want to take it to the next level, the stand locations are still going to be the same as my rut locations. Like I'm not going to hunt a big travel corridor. Like I, I have this one, 
um, this one stand location and it, it's it's on a big ridge in between uh, where a river pushes down and it really cuts off two big blocks of timber and so that's it's like a highway between those I probably won't hunt that this time of year because I don't think that they're just cruising heavily at that point that's more of a rut uh, rut location but you know, terrain features leading up to field edges, um, staging areas, uh, maybe a, a in timber popular front fence crossing, or or you know, obviously the staging area. And in a morning hunt, um, I, I there's nothing saying that I won't try to find a good access route downwind of a bedding area, uh, or um, or the same staging area. You know, if if I can get yeah. in, if I can get in on them. Uh, if I could backdoor them so I don't have to walk through the ag field and, and bust them in the morning, right? If I have a, a good access route. So with that said, um, that's about it. I mean, I, I treat, I'm still really focused on access. I'm focused on terrain, the same that I will in the rut, the same that I am in the, uh, uh, in the, even in the early season. Sign doesn't necessarily dictate where I go. Uh, where I go is usually signed because of the terrain features, you know, that I hunt. So it's just one of those things where I, you got to be patient. And uh, the last thing that I want to talk about here is, man. You, you just said it though, man. Yeah. Like that's the hardest thing to be right now. Yeah. Is patient because I'm already feeling pressure. I, I don't, shouldn't say pressure. I'm already feeling antsy because yeah. I haven't been hunting near as much as I have in previous years by now. Yeah. Um, and I don't have the deer that I think I'm, I'm supposed to have. So there I'm putting this, this added, uh, quote unquote pressure on myself. And it really doesn't change anything though. Even if I had seven shooters, I was after I'd be after them the same way. Right. Um, like our buddy, Tony Peterson said it perfectly. Like at the beginning of the year, he starts, further out like so like if he'll he'll hunt a field edge if he needs to at the beginning of the year and then as the year he as the year goes on he moves further and further into the timber towards the 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 bedding areas or gets in those staging areas where those bucks are gonna you know they're gonna show up potentially in daylight way uh before you know we've all heard the term nocturnal buck right right well he's up somewhere He's he gets up out of his bed somewhere, right. and if that's before that, if that's before dark, then you need to be there to shoot him there because right. thirty minutes later he's going to be in in the field at dark. Well, you can't shoot him then. So, right. like that's a that's a perfect way in my from my brain when Tony said that to think about it. You got to keep going until you can find them. They're killable somehow. Exactly. One hundred percent agree no with, with that statement. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so this is like right now. I mean. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everybody is throwing their two cents in right now of, of what you should do to kill a buck whenever, like today or tomorrow or the next day or the rut or the pre-rut or early season, blah, blah, blah. And it really just pisses me off because these people are giving blind advice. And I understand that some of these people have lots of experience. But one one thing that really frustrated me the other day is some guy said you can't kill him from the couch and he goes actually you can kill him from the couch you can you just be patient and you wait for the right time well that's 
that's great advice for someone who can be patient, who has the time to set out and know that in a day or two they can go and uh, go out when exactly. it's better. That's not true if you're the average hunter. That is not true. You have to be in the woods to kill a deer. And yes, you could be patient on a smaller parcel, right? And wait till the good times. Yes, that's obvious. But at the same time, you have to be out there and find those locations to get in the, the right spot for when the time, when, when the deer does come down the trail, right? And whether he's, and, and so you can't control that. And I don't care how much experience somebody has in the woods. I have seen deer prove me wrong and my beliefs wrong every year since I started forming opinions on, on strategy and they've proved me wrong every year. And so I, I, I hate when someone gives a statement like stay out of the woods. No, if, if you need to throw, go, up, yeah, go hunt, throw up an observation stand, watch from a distance. Um, I don't like that strategy, but that's what I would rather recommend someone do than sit at home. Right. If, if you have yeah. a bad wind, throw an observation stand in. All right. Go do it. Or, you know, go check trail cameras. See, and, and that term even is gets me sometimes. Right. Because yeah. what does bad wind really mean? Right. Exactly. It's not ideal. It just means not ideal. Right. So hunt the wind that you have that day. Just like tonight. I do not have an ideal wind for the place I'm going to. I'm still going because you and I just talked about our kids. Tonight is the only night I get this week to go. Boom. So gotta go. I'm going to go hunting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not an ideal win. So I'm going to use the win that I have tonight and hope that I can make it that marginal wind that I can kill a, a hopefully, hopefully a mature buck before I get busted. Yeah. And you're going to do, you're going to probably change. Let's say you had your wins, right? Your wind tonight is not ideal, but if it was ideal, deal like the ideal win versus the the win that you actually have tonight i'm guessing that's going to cause you to have two different access routes into the woods yes yes see so there's always a way if you can be creative right and if you have maybe multiple entrance points into a farm one of my farms it's going to get tough because i have Uh, yeah i have all your story about that i have a 10 foot fence gap that I can that I can use on the southeast corner of that property, and that's it. I can't access it from anywhere else, and that's uh like a oh, I want to say a hundred and twenty acre piece, and so that hundred and twenty yeah. acres is ten foot gap in a fence, and I so yeah. I can't I can't come from the north or the east or the west or the south or things like that. Maybe next year, but right now I can't. I can't. So, um, but what, what I can do once I go through that gap, I can loop way around or I can cut straight to, or I can, you know, go in then, I don't know, J hook or hard corner in, or, or, you know, just, just get creative with your access routes and, and put the, you know, don't worry about, you know, there's times to be aggressive with the wind and quarter, you know, quarter hard, but at the same time, uh, there's nothing wrong with sitting in a wind direction where your scent is just blowing 100% away from where the action's going to be too. So, well, well, think about this. The ideal wind for you is probably not ideal for him. Right. So you prob- you might not see him because it's not ideal for him. 
yeah. a marginal night like tonight for me is a better night for the deer than it is for me. Yeah. So use that wind to your quote unquote advantage is what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. Get set off, set up to where you obviously it'd be nice if you knew exactly where he was bedded. That would be great. Yep. But uh, then I just go shoot him in his bed, but that's not how it works. Right. So you, you, you say, I feel like he's going to be here. I'm going to get in his staging area. I'm going to set up to where he feels like he's safe and he gets shot before he feels like he's not in a good situation. Right. I mean, sometimes like last year I killed my buck on an, on a, actually the exact same wind I'm hunting tonight, Northwest type of wind. I killed him in that situation last year which is not ideal for me. I'm going to use the basically the same type of um, entry that I did last year to get back to that area, except I'm not going to hunt in that stand tonight. I'm thinking I'm, I'm probably going to work a little further and stay on the ground just because we've had rain for two straight days. It'll be easy to move around. But um, so, I mean, I don't know, man, like you, you said it and me, Micah and Andy, we say that term all the damn time. Can't kill them on the couch. I bet you I can find a text in the last hour and a half about can't kill him on the couch <laughs> between us. No, no shit. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I swear Mike, I just said it, said it to Andy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, maybe he didn't, I don't know, but anyway, it's like you have, <laughs> right. you have, you have tonight to go. You gotta go. It's not an ideal wind, whatever. I just go hunting. You it's it, that term is hundred percent true. Yeah. You cannot kill him on the couch. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're one of those lucky folks and that's great that can hunt pretty much every day of your life, if you felt like it, yeah, sure. Then maybe take tonight off and watch a movie. But you know, for most people out there listening to this show, they're just working class people who yeah. can go hunt when they can go hunt. They've got kids doing stuff or whatever else. And, uh, so just go hunting. I mean, yeah. you know, and don't, and don't stress yourself out with getting something killed because you see Instagram posts or go wild post about, you know, deer dead. Like that's great for them. Be happy for them. Yep. Um, and just try to enjoy yourself. You know, every year I stress myself out more than I should. <laughs> and, and I'm trying this year not to care as much. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, dude, I'll tell you this. Hunt. <laughs> So and I'm, I'm saying this to talk about my mind state, but I don't want it to come off arrogant, but I'm on a roll as far as filling my tag, knock on wood, right? 2016, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, seven years in a row, I have filled my, my Iowa archery tag. Okay. The one that I get. And so I've put myself in the right spot. And the more that that gets rolling, the more I am relaxed going into the season and I have made better, clearer decisions. Um, so I don't want to say that in order to have that, you have to have success because you don't. You have to be able to shed the nonsense and the overthinking. And when you can, when you can do that, holy shit, dude, it just gets so much more fun. It gets so much more fun. Yeah. And even if, I mean, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I've, I've killed my target buck three out of the last four years. And one of those years I tagged totally out Missouri. Yeah. So that's four, four bucks in four years now. I'm, I guess you'd say I'm on a roll too. Yeah. And that does make it, I guess, a little easier not to, to 
you know, worry as much going into an, an another year, but like we're all hunters, we all want to get the job done still. Yeah. yeah that's um, a fact. You know, so whether you've not done it, you know, four years in a row before this year or not, yeah, I can see where you would put yourself in a pressure situation. So if you if you feel like you're pressured, slay a doe. Yeah. Get that get it out of your, you know, get it out of your hair. Hey, I got something killed. Now, you know, I'm playing with house money. Yep. Um, you know, because if you want some meat, that's a that's a nice uh, nice deer to take down. I love does, so Fact. I don't know. Don't don't put pressure on yourself. Remember, like Zach Farrenball, we just released a show with him today. He said it perfectly. Hunting is supposed to be fun. Yes. Yes. So that's a fact. Fun. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm going to go do that tonight with no expectations, and uh, you know, hunt that staging area like we were talking about. Hey, man, that's a perfect place to end because uh you got to have fun and uh so i appreciate your time uh thanks for coming on man make sure everybody listens to the missouri woods and water podcast and i i'll say this just because it's titled the missouri woods and water podcast doesn't mean that it's not applicable everywhere because they have a lot of great guests from all over the country and uh they they have a, a lot of great content on there so shout out to the whole missouri woods and water crew Nate, thanks for coming on and good luck this upcoming season. Hey, thanks, Dan. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Nate. Uh, Huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Hunt, Stain, and Vortex. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen. Like I said, go leave a five-star review wherever you download your podcast. And uh, please share our content on social. If there is a episode that you really like, Make sure you guys share it on, on your Instagram stories or uh, make a post about it and tag us in it and we'll share the shit out of that as well. So uh, do that. Good vibes in, good vibes out. It's time to get out and start getting serious here. Um, good vibes in, good vibes out. Wear your safety harness and we'll talk to you next time.